Hi there, and welcome to the Beatle Brothers Podcast. Brian and Joe Flynn are from Ireland. They're lifelong Beatles fans. In this series of podcasts, they reflect on the life and times, the influence and the immortal music of the Fab Four. This is an essential listen for all fans of the Beatles. Hi there, you're very welcome to the latest podcast by the Beatle Brothers. My name is Brian Flynn, and I'm joined by my brother Joe, and that's why we're called the Beatle Brothers. And we discuss all things Beatles and Beatles-related. We have talked about their albums, we've talked about their personnel, we've talked about their history, their musicianships, and uh, the musicianship even, I should say. And uh, today I thought, Joe, that we might discuss uh, their singles. Yeah, it comes as no surprise, bro, because let's face it, we were always going to have to address the singles. And I'm sort of looking forward to doing this because, um, well, the singles, of course, singles at the time, Brian, were... They were very, very important. The, the, the heyday of the single was probably during the 60s. Um, and I remember, as you do, uh, distinctly the, the pleasure and the anticipation when we were waiting for a new single from the Beatles and from various other bands as well. It was the sort of a ritual that you went through when you finally bought it. Um, another funny thing about singles is that if you think about it, a lot of, a lot of people who not necessarily one hit wonders, but I, I'm 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 reminded of a record I won I bought in the early stages. It was by a guy called um, Billy Preston, and the name of the song was "That's the Way God Planned It." Now it was a great piece of music, but if there wasn't singles, even if there wasn't a single market, we probably never would have heard of that because he he you know he wouldn't have had albums. So singles were very important. So I'm looking forward to this little chat about uh, this uh, singles and. I, I, in preparation, I obviously took a little look back at the Beatles singles, mm-hmm. and what a pleasure that was. But you know, you know what strikes me, it struck me immediately, and this didn't apply to every band of the time. It, it was pretty much the Beatles, um, and that was the power and strength of their B sides. Yeah, uh, you know, funny. If I'm going to cut in there because I, I think, and I could be wrong, but I think a lot of people listening to this, and I would say anyone under forty say particularly mightn't know exactly what a b-side is but we are talking about a period where <clears throat> we're talking about the 60s and, and what you said is correct that the, the singles reached their 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 apex of popularity i would say uh, up until 1967 but the albums took over them but uh, um maybe 68 but they were released on vinyl they were seven inch vinyl record and on one side of the record you had the A side, the song that the DJs would play on the radio and, and that would uh, presumably get people to buy it. But on the B side, there was what was uh, well, the B side was sort of a throwaway. It was something that was just put on to 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 fill out the record. And in a lot of cases, the B side was was really negligible, but not with the Beatles. And I, I like we we'll, we'll probably get to this later. But some of their greatest songs were B sides. So yeah, I, I'm fascinated what you're going to come up with. But we are taking these singles as a, as a double, as an A and B side. So you're, you're able to mention both sides. In other words, you get two for the price of one in each song. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, it's basically what I've t- taken is, I've, I've looked upon it as what was actually released. <clears throat> um, and it does make very interesting reading. And you're very right about the, the, the B side. The B side in most bands wasn't a bit important, but it, but it surely was in the case of the Beatles. So... Look, Magnificent Seven, um, I'm going to tease everybody. I'm going to start at seven and work backwards because it's more dramatic. Well, you're, we're, we're, taking, we're taking seven songs, is that it, okay? Well, you, the, you, the, yes. the, the Magnificent Seven by the Fab Four. 
<laughs> okay, okay, let's not get complicated. <laughs> let's not get this out of hand. Okay, I'm starting at number seven. So number seven, I'm going to. Can choose. I can I do an intro? Can I do an intro, please? Do you remember Alan Freeman on the BBC years ago? No. All right, pop pickers, let's start at number seven. Da, 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 da. Uh, <laughs> All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, okay, 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 pop pickers. Uh, number seven. Mm -hmm. The seminal She Loves You. Now, hang on a second. A lot of people would say, no, no, no. That can't be as good a song as A, B, C, or D. And maybe that'd be right. Um, there's, a, there's a very fu funny story told about the guys who were preparing the studio before the band came in to record that, to do the vocals on it. And they, yeah. were, putting, they were putting out the lyric sheet on the, on the podiums. And they saw the lyrics. Uh, she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves you, yeah, 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 yeah. And they were laughing about it and saying, you know, they, they reckoned that this wasn't going to amount to very much, which is very ironic when you consider what it started. And maybe that's why I'm picking it. Because truth is, if you think of the Beatles, if you think of Beatlemania in particular, um, it was all, it all stemmed from the single She Loves You. It was, apart from the fact that it was the one that, maybe if, if uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand was the one that broke America for them, but certainly the one that started them on the upward, the serious upward path was She Loves You. And it, it's, it's maybe my heart uh, taking priesthood over my head here, but... I just, I love it. I love from that beautiful fill that Ringo did in the intro, um, which I believe was was uh, was requested by George Martin, funnily enough. Um, um, it was a great... Yeah, you know, it's, it's Beatle, uh, if, 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 if anyone said, tell me a song that defines Beatlemania, that's it. Because it, it, it's, the, the reason it's this, and the strength of it probably is the, the very thing you were joking about there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, 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 it was kind of like ABBA did maybe twenty years later. It was a, it was they used uh, something that was international. It didn't matter what what language you spoke, you got it straight away. There's, by the way, <laughs> some great covers of the Beatles, but one of the weirdest and wonder, most wonderful is Peter Sellers' cover of that. Right. He does it in the guise of a German officer. She loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he covered another one. He covered um, uh... covered help as well. Hell, that, was that age? Yeah, he was a vicar in the church in hell. <laughs> anyway, and yeah, yeah. Also I noteworthy. Covered a hard day's night. Hard day's night. That's the one I'm thinking about. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, they. It's worth. It's worth noting that it was a. It was a collaboration. She loves you. It was. It was a. I would say as near to fifty-fifty as they got. Yeah. As was the. As was the B side. And um, I'll get you. Although, to be fair, compared with some of the things that was coming after it, um, I'll Get You probably wasn't as strong a B-side. I would say I'll one. Get You now was, 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 <clears throat> it was catchy uh, and punchy in the kind of the, an early beat, the cheeky choppy way. Wouldn't be one of the classics by any means, but, but a decent B-side. A decent B-side, yeah, where they confirmed they were from Liverpool. But very much B-side. So that's your first choice. That's right? my first choice. It's an unusual one, but I'll go with it. Yeah, it is. And as, as I say, the heart is probably ruling there more than the head. The second one I, you've got, now that was released in, in August of 63, which is very early on. For the second one, I will skip right up to September 69. And that would be the single something and the B-side being come together. Now, My 
God, what a great, what a great combination of songs. Yeah. And it was beautiful that George had very late in the career, but, but that he still, I think that was the only A side George ever had. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a bit, I mean, we've talked about something before and, uh, you know, it's been covered by just about everybody in the world. It's a beautiful song. Um, took its name from a James Taylor song, something in the way she moved. I've never quite understood took, took the whole first line from a James Taylor song. Is that is that where that comes from? Yeah. Well, James Taylor sang this something in the way she moved. Da, da, da. But George lifted the whole line, and that's funny. He he never was pulled up on that. Obviously, James wasn't going to do anything about it. No, no, no. Which which song, by the way, that Frank Sinatra made memorable by describing it as Lennon McCartney's greatest song. Yeah, he said it was the best love song of the last 50 years or something like that, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Frank, he also was said prone, Frank was prone to that kind of thing. And well, it's yeah. interesting you should mention the fact that, that James Taylor could have uh, taken George up on the use of his first line because on the B side, come together, that's exactly what happened to poor old John when Chuck Berry took him, took him on because he took the first line from, or he took a line from You Can't Catch Me. Cool. Which was uh, here comes old Flattop, uh, and I believe there were consequences there. I can't remember. I think he recorded some of his songs or something. But to go back yeah. to the quality of it, yeah, it was Georgia's song is just it's it's timeless, uh, a one very a beautiful version. Hey, I said something is one of the best songs the Beatles ever recorded, without a doubt. It is, yeah, it is. Uh, it was his finest hour, that's for sure. Um, and come together, I mean, come together is very quirky. But it's very Lennon and it's good performance. Well, it's great song, great, great love song. It. I love it, absolutely. I love the I'll tell you what, I'll tell you who gets a lot of, or should get an awful lot of credit in Come Together is Paul. Because not only does he play absolutely brilliant bass, but he also plays amazing keyboards on that, the, 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 the electric piano. It gives it that swampy Tony Joe White sound. Was that not Billy Preston? No, that was Paul. Really? I, th I, I always thought that was Billy Preston. No, as far as I know, it was Paul. Yeah. Can oh, tease I, it up another time. I'll bow to your superior age. Anyway, the third one then. Uh, okay. Again, in, in number five. Number five. Um, and I found this hard to put it number five. Uh, from the, at the end of 1964, it's the single I Feel Fine, uh, twinned with She's a Woman on the B side. Um, it's an interesting single because the history of it is a bit interesting in the sense that they had eight days a week earmarked as a single, um, right up to the whatever stage that Lennon brought this in. It's it's pretty much his song, and what a song! I mean, you know, to take out eight days a week, you would have taken something pretty special anyway. But you should point out, by the way, just occurred to me for anyone in America listening here, uh, eight days a week was a single. There is always a slight difference. What was the B-side of it in America, do you remember? I, I don't know, but I know that Eight Days a Week was released as a single in America. Mm. Uh, uh, but but it's it's a great... Uh, um, yeah, it was released. I don't know what the B-side was. But I feel fine. I totally agree it's a great song. And what makes it great is the guitar riff played by John and George. It is, but also, Brian, you've got to acknowledge uh, Ringo's contribution in that song. I mean, Ringo's drumming is is phenomenal. It's he has a sort of a Latin beat that, uh, and his cymbal work, his cymbal work on it is. If you, it's difficult to hear it. You've got to try and isolate it. But if you do isolate it, you'll realize that 
uh, you know, he, he, there were no passengers on that in that band at that stage. Absolutely not. He was. It was. It was great performance. It's also a really well written song with a good with the with a, a great vocal. Um, I love it. And and it, it had one other feature in the very beginning of it, or it claimed to have, which was the first use of feedback. Though I think that's been disputed successfully uh, by many other people, including Pete Townsend, that claimed that he had used feedback beforehand. I think yeah, probably Pete. Pete used to do it in their live performance. I think Jeff Beck may have done it as well. And it, it doesn't really matter that much, but it was a lovely touch. I think it was an accident how it happened at the beginning. And then they, when they heard it, they said they'd use it. But it does, it does give uh, a great intro to the song, there's no doubt. So I feel fine. And, and you, you mentioned the, the B-side, She's a Woman. Yeah. Proof that the Beatles did a bit of reggae in their time, I'd say. That's true, but it's very, very Paul. Very, very Paul. Paul. A, a, trick, a trick opening on it with the rhythm. It that's starts right. On the that's yeah. right. That's right. But it just proved it proved beyond the shadow of a doubt that McCarthy could just sit down and you know he could do it. He didn't. He didn't really need anybody with him. And um, but think just think of the quality of that. Like like the previous one that I, I mentioned, like come together and, and something. And um, the quality of that as and, and and they were putting these things out as B sides. Phenomenal. Hard to believe, yeah, yeah. I mean, today, today you'd kill for one of the B sides. Never mind putting it on the B side. Oh. Okay, we we have seven, six, and five pop pickers. We're going to number four. Number four. Number four is in July of nineteen sixty-five, and um, it's help. I'm down. B side. I'm down again. Think about that. Uh, what a combination that was. Um, Help to me, I've always had a soft spot for help, quite apart from the sound that I hear, but it's just a, it's just a beautiful uh, cry for help for, from somebody. Uh, it's a very obvious cry for help from somebody. Um, mainly Lennon, it's his song, it's his vocal, uh, powerful stuff, absolutely powerful stuff. And I, I tell you, when I, if you think back, when we were listening to this for the first time, you know, it... What I loved about those early singles and the excitement and the and the and the pleasure of them, and um, things like you know the, the descending guitar, help me if you can, I feel down, 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 and and yeah. and you continue, and you know they're going to do it again, they're going to drop again. It's it's predictable, but in the most beautiful way. Um, they, George, they, they, George, had, George had an ability to do that in songs, and and play three or four notes. And make it sound like a solo. He did it on Pepper in in a song called "Fixing a Hole," the very same. But uh, yeah, it was and, and the guitar playing that little intro that George does is is, is marvelous. Impossible to try to replicate, but but uh, a great song and and uh, great vocal from Lennon. <clears throat> I th I would say I would put it as the song that kind of started their mid period. Like. Yeah, it, yeah, they were beginning to um, and 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 again the the B side. Um, I'm down by McCartney. It's you know reckoned to be one of his best. He's it's one of his like Long Tall Sally. It would be one of his better rockers. Uh, great vocal altogether from him. Um, very popular in the states, I believe. I don't know why it would be any more popular there than it was in. Um... Well, it's 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 Lennon McCartney rather wrote it, but it sounds when you hear it, you could swear Little Richard would have done it years before that's that. right Joe. Well, yeah, he was probably aping little richard because he did that in his in his early career and could do it probably more successfully than anybody but but what a common that nation that was uh um, you know from i would have thought for me the 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 best period which is in 
the earlier the earlier part of their career. Um, and that brings us on to third from the top. Yeah. Now, and, and on this this one, I'm I'm running forward a bit to August 1968 and the single Hey Jude and Revolution. Now, Hey Jude, Hey Jude is is uh, is a song that it's a bit like She Loves You in that if you ask a lot of people who, who weren't that interested in the Beatles to name a Beatles song, a lot of them would say Hey Jude. Uh, the, the the classic refrain from it, which is which is which is actually pretty pretty standard stuff, the na na na. Um, but there was something about it. It was a well structured song. I Lennon regarded it as 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 McCartney's best song, which I I would very much dispute personally. But he reckoned yeah. that it was. He was very fond of the song. Um, I I personally would object venomously to the, the fact that Revolution was the B-side. I think it should have been the other way around because Revolution in itself, I would have picked Revolution as one of their singles if there was nothing on the B-side because it was that good. It was just a powerful song. But I, again, think, I, I think, think that's he, probably he, the he, best. It's probably the best uh, combination on a, on a single record that the, <laughs> Beatles, the Beatles ever produced. Yeah, it's... it's. I mean, Hey Jude is a song that... Uh, I, I, I wouldn't be that crazy about it, but I can see that the, the quality of Hey Jude is it's, 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 it's something McCartney was able to do. It's, it's football fans sing it in stadiums to this day, the, particularly, of course, the, the, the na-na part. Now, the na-na part takes up half the song. Yeah, I know. And uh, it's, it's uh, but great influence on people. I mean, the, the, the way Paul kind of goes over the top when that na na part singing in the background that's been used by several people. I mean, the Electric Light Orchestra, uh, my Shangri La, great song of theirs. But he he does that on it, and he even says, "My Shangri La has gone away, faded like the Beatles on Hey Jude." Um, it's well, that's it's, Jeff Lynne, I'd say. Jeff Lynne, yeah, who of course was totally influenced by. Mm. He was in the move at that part, but he was very influenced by the Beatles. Um, <clears throat> I would say that that Hey Jude is a great, great single, a great song, and it's a great single. But what makes it an incredible single is the fact that the B side, and I would agree, the B side is, is it's everything you want. It's a protest song, powerful vocal from Lennon, uh, and a great rocker. Oh, it's all of that. It's it's that's yeah. it, it, you're exactly right, Jay. It's, it's a great performance. It's a great. Uh, it's a well written song, and it actually is about something. And it features Nicky yeah. Hopkins on a very good piano, uh, which is one of the few things yeah. that he did it with them. I think. No, I, I love it. I've always loved it. And um, it deserves to be in there. And it would be number one, except for the fact that there is a number one, one that I have to put in. But let's put in number two first, July 1964. And um, my, my favorite, probably my favorite song of all time by the Beatles is Hard Day's Night. And I'm not saying it's the best. It's just for me, it epitomizes everything that was brilliant about this band in the years that I especially loved them, which was the earlier years. From that, that amazing, that amazing opening chord. Yeah, it was the G11 suspended four. Did you know that? No, Joe, I didn't blow it out. <laughs> I won't say it. Well, I don't, I have no idea. I play guitar, but I have no idea what G11 suspended fourth is, but I believe that that's what it was. Um, yeah. And there, it was there was also an interesting fade out, I think, on that. I don't know whether it was the it first. Was, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the, the fade out was kind of the same. The same chord played a bit longer. 
That's right. But it was just there's a, there's a name for it. There's a name for doing that that jangly thing. Uh, I, I think it's is it an arpeggio, no? Something like that. Something like an arpeggio, probably. And to any, if I pronounce that wrong to any classical mu music listeners, I apologize. <laughs> As do I. I think it's a pick, <laughs> we sort of apologize, but to get back, Irish back <laughs> well, "Hard Day's Night" is is it epitomizes everything that I love about the Beatles. It's it's just powerful. It's cheerful music. Uh, it's get up and go music. Um, I I, I love it. Powerful B-side. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Things we said today. It's a beautiful, One beautiful. Of my a Paul song. Yeah. Lennon loved that song, by the way. I was going to say, funny you said that. You, and the minute you said Paul song, I was going to say, of all the Paul songs I can think of, that could have been a Lennon song as well. It sounds very like what he would do. He uh, I can understand he would love it. It's, I think, it, it, Del, what do you call that song? Uh, uh, Runaway. Del Shannon. Shannon, yeah. I'm walking in. There's a tiny echo of that, and it would have been around the same era. But uh, uh, but there, we all take influences. But I think Things We Said Today is a gorgeous song. And the Beatles excelled when they did these minor chord songs. Yeah. We can oh. work it out to an extent. It was kind of a bit like that. Uh, George's early songs were all like that. Uh, um, I'll Be Back, if you know that one, uh, by John. Same album, Why? had that kind of a, a minor chord structure. But things we said today was probably the best of them. And the fact that that was a B-side gives you some indication of the quality they, they had at their disposal. Yeah, but they were prepared to, to, to they were prepared to put them together rather than, you know, they, they and in general, they released three singles every year. I think there were two years, they only had two, but I think it was three singles every year. They could easily have released six. I mean, three singles, two albums and an EP. And the EP, of course, we're not taking. Maybe we we'll look at them at some stage, but we're not looking at them at the minute. But it was recorded in those days by the record company. I remember once hearing uh, a, a critique of this of of uh, things we said today and talk about somebody missing the point. The guy said he, it was a failure of a song because we never found out that what they said. <laughs> yeah, well, you get that's probably a music critic somewhere. You know, you get you get people like that. You know, this, yeah, I thought it was I thought, I, okay. A family show. I can't say anything. <laughs> Yeah, I think we. Oh, wait, that was number two, was it? Now, that was number two. I, anyone, let me say that I think anybody who knows anything about the Beatles knows exactly what you're going to put as number one. Yeah, it could only, it could just only before, be one. before, before, before we hit the crescendo. Um, in general, what, what would you agree with with the previous six? Um, or is there anything that you uh, can you say to me? Yeah, except that you forgot. You know, is there? Uh, I want to hold your hand. Yeah, but I, I think she loves who covers that. Um, okay. Uh, 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 Eleanor Rigby, Day Tripper. Is it Eleanor, uh, Eleanor Rigby? Whatever the B-side was. It was a good B-side on that one as well. Uh, Eleanor Rigby. Jeez, I can't, uh, I can't remember. Eleanor Rigby, I think, was Yellow Submarine, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, it was. Well, okay, still too. But but Eleanor Rigby was a great song. You left that one out. But you see, the thing is, you can't put them all in. I mean, a lot of people would say, what about Get Back? <laughs> other people would say, what about Let It Be? Uh, you know, other people would say, what about uh, uh, whatever, you know. There were, there, but I mean, there were Let, some... it be, Let It Be had a, had a, had a, a very ordinary B-side. I mean, it you did, know my yeah. But you mentioned get back, yeah. That was that 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 was a contender. Let get back and, and don't let me down. I mean a great, a great B side. 
But anyway, single was please please me. Their their second single, I loved it. Yeah, the early stuff was, but you can't pick. You said Magnificent Seven. That's it's your fault. I know, I know, I know. Okay, so da 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 da. <laughs> to no surprise, one. to no surprise at all, uh, I pick as number one Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields, <clears throat> and. I, I do I do believe where maybe uh, Hey Jude and Revolution or sorry A Hard Day's Night and Things We Said Today might be my favourite. I think that the best single that they ever they ever released. In fact, I would I would go so far as to say the best single that anyone ever released was the combination Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields. We apologise. Was that a double A side or what, what was that? Was was Strawberry Fields the B side? Well, as far as I know, now you see, again, remember, we're talking, and again, for any American people listening in here, we're talking about the British charts, because we grew up in Ireland, and we we heard everything on the radio from Britain, not from America. So, um, I understand that the, the, the A side was Penny Lane. And the B side was Strawberry Field. And I think that John was a little bit uh, miffed about that. But John was a little bit miffed about everything. But... It, it, the fact, let me put it like this, and I've said it with regard to some of the other singles you mentioned. The fact that either of those songs was a B-side is <laughs> almost beyond belief. I mean, they're the two, they're two of the maybe five best songs ever written. Yeah. And they're both on the one single. And, and of course, a further horror sacrilege was perpetrated when they were, they were the first two tracks on Sgt. Pepper or the yeah. second or third, and they were thrown away on a single. But anyway, that's history. Mm. I think it, you couldn't have chosen anything else. Which of the two of them would you go for if you had to? It's just hard to know. I, I, if you ask me for a sound that that epitomised my youth and and my earlier years, it would be this. It's absolutely haunting. Absolutely haunted. Yeah, that was Paul played that bit actually. That's right, or something. So I would have to say Strawberry Fields for me. Would it would be? But you know something, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, and um, that I didn't realize in my research, I discovered that you know the way mostly uh, singles appear on albums. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was the tradition. I presume it still is. To even you know you hear about Taylor Swift releasing releasing an album and she got six singles off it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah. would you believe if I said to you that there were five, not two, not one, but five Beatle albums, including Sgt. No Pepper and the White Album, there were, there were no singles off them? No, it's strange. Well, you see, the two, like what we said, that the, 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 your number one single there was supposed to be on Sgt. Pepper. Yeah, but it wasn't. But, it wasn't. but the album that was released, Pepper, uh, no singles, and much more surprising, the White Album. A double album and one of their most famous albums, no single either. And there could have been so many singles from it, but there you go. There were one or two other albums with no singles, I think. I don't think so. Yeah, well, there was five. I'm saying there were five. Oh, okay. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And we haven't rehearsed this now, so I'm putting you on the spot. Um, right. But just for the sake of it, I know you know the, the, the details of all of these albums, the tracks. You might not have them in the right order, but you, you do know what was on them. Supposing I asked I you we, in the right order, Joe, but I know the details. Supposing I asked you to, to, because I'd be very interested to know, if I asked you to pick a single, supposing that there had been a single off the White Album and Pepper and whatever the other ones were, um, can you come up, can you, could you give that to me? 
Yeah, I could have a go. I won't go into it in the detail you did because I won't have time, but I would give them to you, yeah. If well, you want to start with the Beatles. Sorry? sorry? Where do you want to start? Uh, well, okay, so we'll do it chronologically. Start with, with the Beatles then, okay? Okay, okay. Um, the two I would pick would be... Uh, A-side would be All My Love. Oh, yeah. Close your eyes and I can... Yeah. <laughs> uh, the B-side would be a powerful song, I think. Not a Beatles song, not one they wrote themselves. Uh, Please, Mr. Postman, the Marvelettes did it. Uh, the reason I put that in is that John Lennon's vocal. So did the Carpenters, Brian. Well, okay, yeah, they did a different take on it. But I, I, uh, I just think that John's vocal, now and again in their earlier period, something you should always check out. And his vocals on Please, Mr. Postman are one, among the best I've ever heard. Okay, okay. Uh, I certainly go along with all my love, and I, I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, Beatles for sale. I'm trying to remember. I, I'm trying to remember exactly what was on Beatles for sale. Uh, I, I do know one, and I bet you, I bet you, I know the first one you're going to say. Go. Cool. Eight days a week. Isn't that on, yeah, on Beatles for again, sale? Eight, eight days a week. You see, was a single in America, but we're talking, like I said, about Britain. But uh, I would take eight days a week. Very, very. Uh, uh, Distinctive sound, tiny bit of the birds, maybe about the intro to it. And a funny intro, they came in under the sound, if you know what I mean. Uh, uh, again, a great John Lennon vocal, uh, and just a great song, very, very sunshiny song. And uh, that, I put it as a. John, was that a John vocal? I, I thought it was Paul. Oh, no, uh, it was John. Paul Paul yeah. was with them on the, on the, the chorus. Yeah, okay. I don't know myself. John Double Tracked, I would say. Uh, the B-side, I John, John, that was a very thick one. You mixed up John and Paul. Yeah, go yeah, to yeah. the corner, please. I'm going to the uh, corner with Dunce's hat. The, what's to say? The naughty step. Um, the B-side I would pick was a little bit, a little bit uh, soft, but uh, but I love it. Uh, Paul's song, I'll follow the song. Ah, oh, Brian, come on. Right. I would put it now. But he wrote well, that. Rock and roll music is on that album. Rock and roll what music. Not a Beatles song. Yeah, but neither is please, Mr. Postman. Maybe. I think I'll follow the sun's a great song, considering it was written when he was 14. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little, it's a little bit saccharine, as I've often said about Paul. God love him. Well, yeah, I can be wouldn't, they wouldn't compare to John's performance in rock and roll music for me. But they All didn't right, write no, it. Uh, I'm gonna to stick to it though. I'm gonna to stick to my yeah, okay, okay. Um Help Rubber uh, uh, Soul was the next one, isn't it? Yeah, now that was harder because uh, Rubber Soul is a great album. It's uh, Rubber Soul and Revolver, two great albums. Um, uh, uh, I would go with Know Her Man. Yeah, you couldn't he, go anywhere else. Yeah, um, for a variety of reasons. Very, 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 mu uh, very musical song, if you can say that. Lovely melody to it. Again, and this, if you notice, this crops up so much in the early to middle part of the Beatles. Again, a great John vocal, really great. Uh, a great George guitar and a great, a great, uh, you know, we keep leaving the others out. Great bass and drums. Look, they were great when they recorded these songs. Great George Martin arrangement. It was just a great, great song, uh, uh, Nova Man. So, and uh, what did I put? Uh, yeah, now you, you, you mightn't disagree with that. You probably will disagree with the B-side. The B-side is a George song. Oh, the second song he I ever knew. had recorded. Sorry? 
I knew you'd do that. I knew you'd give. Uh, I I don't. It's what's this that it's. T- uh, yeah, think, think for yourself. Think for yourself. Yeah. No, I I it's okay. I I wouldn't. Um, I actually to be honest with you, I I can't remember all the tracks on that album. I but I know that Run for Your Life is on it, and I I would. But in the absence of at least four others that I can't remember, but Run for Your Life, I I would I would put Run for Your Life as a B side on that. Uh, I'd forgotten about. Uh, uh, you had, I'll tell you what you had. Drive my car, Norwegian wood. Oh, Norwegian uh, wood, yeah. The, actually, the word. You know that sound, the word. I really like Never, that. never, never taught anything of us. It was rubbish. All right, okay. Well, there you go. You're full of it. Okay, oh, so we're, on, taking, we're, we're, taking, <laughs> we're taking Nowhere Man and Think for Yourself. Uh, then you have Pepper. Well, this will be very interesting now because I'm going to fight well, you. This is a tricky one now for me because... Anyone listening in or Beatle fans the, uh, are going to say, well, straight away, A Day in the Life. But I don't have it there. No. Uh, the two songs that I would pick, I would pick as an A-side, She's Leaving Home. Well, I, I, um, I, would, I would have that on a B-side. Okay. But, but, well, uh, we're agreed it should be there. It should be there. And uh, as the B-side... I now the B side. It's very difficult here because there are some great songs on that first side of the album. The B side, because it's so atmospheric, and again because of the great John uh, John vocal, I would pick Lucy in the Sky with them. Yeah, I actually I, I I'm at one with you there. I, the only other one that I considered, I would I would have put, uh, I would have considered with a little help from my friends. Um, I would if I had never heard of Joe Cocker. Well, there is that, yeah. That's yeah. We will someday. We will do. We will do a podcast. The best covers, but oh, yeah, yeah. um, yeah. It's I. I. W- I would agree with you. Losing the sky with diamonds. I'm surprised. I thought you might say the title track itself of the album. It's <clears throat> the title track doesn't kind of work on its own. It works better on the album, and uh, it the lead in and out are a bit messy. It's good. It's good. Um, it's. I don't know why it's 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 a it's a good song. It's a very Paul song. It it always leaves me a tiny bit underwhelmed, but I can't explain why. I would say that that uh, the two I picked were better. I mean, she's leaving home is a, is a, a rock opera way it's before. One great, it's one of the great songs. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. And and uh, uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, I think, is a great song. It is, yeah. It's very much of its era, but it it it. it but it still, still holds up. It holds up actually. I, I was, so the, as you know, I would argue that Sergeant Pepper is, has not weathered well at all. It hasn't aged well. But the two in, in, the days when, in the days of vinyl albums, again, and by this stage, American England were the same, so it doesn't make any difference. Mm. The first side of the album was great. The second yeah. side wasn't. It yeah. depends. The second side depends all totally on a day in the life, which I was never convinced by. Now, we have one album left that there were no singles, and this is the most amazing one to me. The White Album. It'll be a miracle if we agree on this now. It'll, Sorry, it'll, Joe? I'm saying it, it'll be a total miracle if we agree on this. I'd be fascinated to know what you're going to pick out of this. Well, it's very difficult because you have 30 songs to pick. I, the A side wasn't much of a problem, but the B side was a big problem. Mm. And I, uh, in fact, I changed the B side in the last two minutes. The A they're both Paul songs, by the way, in this case. The A side is back in the USSR. I agree. And I know that George fans are going to kill me for this because while my guitar gently weeps is on that album, but the B side for me would be Martha, my dear. Oh 
I know, I know. Okay. But uh, no, no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I, I would, I would, I would pick, <clears throat> and I'd be killed for it. But just thinking about if you had back in the USSR on the A side, you could have had Ubladi on B side. Yeah, that, that's that was my first choice up until a couple of minutes ago, and I thought about I thought about Martha, my dear. I've always figured that people have often talked about McCartney and Brian Wilson in the same sentence. Brian Wilson, the, the songwriter for the Beach Boy, that's a song that either of them could have written, and I can imagine exactly Brian Wilson, the version he would have done, and how the Beach Boys would have recorded. It'd be different, but it would be equally impressive. Yeah. But I just think that if you listen. A lot of people fly by that song. A lot of people wouldn't know if you asked them. It's magnificent song music. Oh yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think when we when we spoke in the previous podcast about the White Album, I think we both agreed that that uh, Martha, my dear, uh, is, is something very special. It was certainly it is, when we were picking George the. Martin. Yeah, when we were picking George's single album, as I recall, it, it certainly got on it. All right, bro. The time has flown, and the, and I really enjoyed that that uh, that session on uh, on singles. Um, I think we could just as easily have have had a second uh, session on 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 B sides if we had decided to restrict today's to just the A sides. But there you go. I come back to it. I think what we should do soon is uh, cover versions. We mentioned it there. Yeah. Because that now that would require a little bit of research. I mean, for instance, there's over a thousand, there's over one thousand five hundred or more cover versions of, of yesterday. So you need a bit of research if you're going to do that. Uh, yeah, you would. Although I, I, off the off the cuff, I can I can think of two. My dog wants to go for a walk now, as you can hear. But that's Lola. Uh, By the way, did you ever tell the listeners that your dog is called after a? a a, a huge hit by another great British band, the Kings. That's true, that's true. Lola, because you didn't know if it was male or female. I worse than that. I, I was told it was male, and I went to get it registered as or as a male, and and the vet told me with a smirk on her face, actually, it's a she you have. So I decided that she was transgender. So Lola would do. For anybody listening in this wondering, Joe is uh, married and he has fathered two children. So he's okay, basically. All right, listen, let's wrap it up. Uh, we'll pick this up the next day. It's been fun, all right? Okay, it's been real. Take care.